Hey, so right before we start this episode today, we wanted to take a moment of silence to honor the life of Nali Agustin. She was a soul that impacted so many people worldwide, especially some of the guests that we will have in the next few weeks. So us at Umami Conversation want to take a minute to celebrate the life of Nali Agustin, celebrating the impact, celebrating her story. Let's take a minute. to Umami Conversation, we would like to acknowledge with respect the unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabeg and Kanihuakwa or Mohawk peoples on whose land we are recording today. Miigwech. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram. It is Umami Conversations, one word, and on Twitter under Umami underscore convos with an s at the end enjoy this episode be blessed hey what's up what's up what's up beautiful people we're here live 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 with our beautiful jessica and we have a very special guest don't be jessica we always have special guests we do um, always to join us i'm telling you And today we have with us a beautiful soul that I literally just got um, connected with. Her name is Leah. Welcome, Leah. Hi. Thanks for having me. So good to be here. Hey, Leah. Yes, it's it's really good to have you. And you know what? We're just going to start right in. But before we get into go into the conversation, I'd like to read a little bit about beautiful Leah. So Leah is a mindful guide intuitive healer and a wisdom writer. Her inner transformational journey began 15 years ago when she decided to pursue her personal legend. She explored the mystery of life and experienced the wholeness of her truth. Mm. She's been recently called through life experiences, soul lessons, spiritual rememberings, and divine messages to share her story, learning and healing wisdom for the greater good. She has Indian roots, and European upbringing, and then five years residency in North America. That gave her a greater spectrum of understanding of the human behavior, sufferings, and liberating resources and philosophies, such as Buddhism. She's always committed to learning and experiencing life lessons through the heart so that in pure integration, the teaching and wisdom shared with the world efficiently and relatively resonates with the one's heart and story. So powerful. 
Yeah. This is this is like a, a spoken yeah. word, okay? Yeah, indeed it is. Literally, this is a spoken <laughs> word you. because she is a live <laughs> spoken being. Leah, um, once again, we want to welcome you so much to Mommy Conversation. And, you know, today we want to have just a conversation about your being, about what you are doing on this earth. I do know that you are a also a Reiki um, healer, if that's mm-hmm. how it's called. Yes. And... Um, you know, as we were just sharing earlier, Jessica and I, we come from a Christian background. Yes. And um, in our Christian background, there are certain things they they warn us <laughs> to not get uh, attached to or, to or to not go to. And one of the major things for me, I don't know if it's the same for you, Jessica, is this whole notion called energy. Mm. Yes. Wow. So, and what I know about Reiki is that you use energy, energy to, to heal. heal. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh-huh. Can What's you... the mystery behind this? Exactly. Right? <laughs> what is it and about? What is really Reiki about? Your your understanding of Reiki. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is your story behind this practice that you use? Thanks for asking. I think it's amazing that we connect the dots of like religions and beliefs and rituals and like different healing modalities. So Three years ago, I didn't know at all about Reiki. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the middle of a breakup. I was on the floor just crying, mm-hmm. feeling miserable, awful. And something was telling me to find a way I could heal myself on my own. And that's something you see every day, like you're your own healer, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But this came to me in my heart, like, Leah, you need to do something. You cannot keep on living that way with so much anger insecurities jealousy and 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 suffering within your heart and so i just send the intention to the world to the universe to god um to help me find this way of healing myself and i travel a lot so i'm like i don't want to have to be somewhere specific to have a table to to use some tools i just want to use my own heart or my own body Mm -hmm. and that same week three people mentioned reiki and so i'm like okay that that's weird. Reiki, Reiki keeps on coming up. There is something I need to do with that. So I reached out to a healer, Salima Pirani, who is in Toronto. I was in Toronto uh, back in the days. And so I go and see her. I get a treatment. She helps me healing my relationship with my father, the abandon of the father, something we could talk mm. about uh, too. And then she says, so there is a level one training of Reiki if you want to get it. Like if you want to try, it's happening this weekend. And my intuition mm. tells me, okay, let's go. Mm. So I do it. And so Reiki is really about harnessing the energy that is already here, the energy that animates a plant a bird, mm. a human being makes your, the waves move and change. So it's the mm. energy that is universal. Reiki mm. literally means universal life force energy. So it's something we all mm. have. We all have the ability to harness and to target toward something. So in mm. that case with Reiki, we target toward like a person. Mm. And so I started this journey and through practicing, now it's been three years, I became a Reiki master and I've been practicing on hundreds of people and what it's really about it's like emotions in the body are energies in motion yes they are energies in movement and so if you work with your own energy you can heal heal a lot of things because most of the time what is hard for us to handle or to live with are our emotions 
it's how we mm -hmm. feel, what we feel. We're resisting it. And so I think just we did a Reiki distance Reiki yes. once, and it was yes, powerful. I did. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I could literally feel the energy uh -huh. uh, going through my whole body. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was really powerful. It was my first. A distance Reiki ever, distance Reiki. and it was like she was there with me, you know. Uh -huh. totally. oh, it was a distance Reiki. Yeah, it was totally. a distance Reiki. Oh, Leah, so you powerful like that. <laughs> well, she it's is. not me. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, okay. The, it's the magic of Reiki. It's really like the power of your intention. Oh. You harness yes. and mm. you heal and you direct the energy to someone. You just mm. need the name and the location. And so then it's a game of as a Reiki master, as a, as a healer, to always do the work every day to actualize myself so that I have less resistances with me mm. and so yes. that I can channel the energy and send it to you. And the relation that we have during a treatment is really like, I can sense the emotions that are blocked and I can help you transmute them or release them. So it, okay. in my case, it's a lot of emotional work and a lot of guidance regarding your purpose or things that your soul needs. Mm, yeah. Okay. Does that make sense to you? It does. It does. Yes. It really yes. does make okay. sense. So talking about uh, the distance, Ricky, how do you feel the blockages while you are um, administering? Oh, how do you say healing? Giving. Yeah, giving. Giving, Ricky. giving Ricky. Yeah. How do mm -hmm. you feel? Do you feel that in your intuition? Yeah, totally. So it can either be images in my mind, like clairvoyance mm. or claircognizance. And oh, also cool. it can appear in my body. So when I learned Reiki, I had to give Reiki on a stage four cancer man. Mm who was like literally at the end of his life and I gave him Reiki and I got sick like I almost threw up uh, so oh I wasn't God. really like protected and or strong enough to receive that kind of energy and to connect on that level mm. with the person but I still did it and I would still do it because it's not my sickness. So there is this need to be like, to be aware of the body. There is this need of awareness of the self to sense when something is yours and when something is not yours. That's Powerful. why it takes a lot as a healer to actualize yourself every day to know when you're in your own mind, when you are, you know, when your attention is on the other person, when what mm. you're getting, what you're sensing is yours or not so yeah that's that's very powerful but it takes a lot on the person who gives reiki to to be a good healer a good master you have to do the work on yourself to become like a clear mm. channel to let the energy move through you to listen to the body listen to the messages of the guides and 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 also learn how to communicate to the person in front of you like how to say the hard things like hey i'm sensing that there is this right now and then the person mm. has lost their mom like a year ago and they're gonna cry so it's it's um it's a very deep and profound healing modality totally and reiki is it's um it's a japanese practice uh -huh. is it is it from yeah japan? so um master uzui discovered uh he was japanese for sure but it's like universal what he discovered was universal so yeah it emerged okay. in japan but then yeah it went a lot in hawaii as well because there was a lot of japanese people and then it went to australia and then moved all over the place my school of mm. teaching is from thailand and as well mm. as my school of mindfulness instructor um for now yes wow how do you compare energy to like sickness do you know what i mean like physical when a person is physically mm -hmm. sick is it because there is a bad energy 
energy inside of them or a bad energy that they encountered? Or is it the emotion within them that has created Mm -hmm. this sickness? So then you use Reiki to... Do you use Reiki to remove that emotion or do you use Reiki to to kind of just guide them, guide your clients through a certain process? Yeah. Does does my question yeah, make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, okay. So I have some beliefs and I just want to say to people who are listening to us that we all have our truth. I'll just share what I think is true. Uh, Again, I'm always positioning myself as a student of life, of energy. I'm very humble in front of that. I I think I know nothing about it. Um, But I think there are two things. I think one of them would be our karma. So karma in Buddhism, and it's a universal law of cause and effect. So I I do believe that some people will face sickness in their lives as a soul lesson, as something they have to learn and go through. So that's something kind of uncontrollable. It's going to happen no matter what. So there Mm. is this aspect. And the other one regarding emotions, you know, when you said we remove the the emotion, the energy, I think we just allow it to take space and to flow. And so it is totally possible that in this society, we're not taught how to connect to our emotions, how to express them, how to be intimate with them so that we're not scared of them. We're so scared of feeling the fear, feeling the suffering, feeling the pain. We just hide. We don't want to see it. Mm. When I I am in a session with someone, um, I allow them to create space within themselves so that the energy can can move and pass it's like life mm. if it life is emotion it's it just want to move through you and and if you learn like because i teach mindfulness as well in buddhist mindfulness we say that an emotion has no way to sustain itself in the body like it's true nature it's to just pass and flow and so mm. as we are not open channel for that we are getting them stuff we are locking them Makes we are sense. putting them away escaping, distracting mm-hmm. ourselves, it gets stuck somewhere and it can create sickness in the body. Sickness. That's what I and, think. Yeah. And and I actually, I, I, I feel what you're saying. I, I agree. Me too. I personally agree with your truth um, because we're not taught. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not taught no. to deal with our emotions yes. you know um there's little boys when they start crying they we tell them from a very young age cry. stop crying boys don't cry yeah. you know little totally. girls when you start crying they tell you cry too much yeah you are too emotional <laughs> you're too emotional or even at work like you cannot be vulnerable or you're gonna definitely be like the weak one or I mean, I've never been like that. I was working for a great company in France, so I. But I could still feel that I was creating an identity to fit there, mm. and so this seems normal today. Like that's just the normal, and I I've chosen to live this life where I'm I'm doing my own thing, and I just refuse to play somebody's rules. Like in this life, I I'll show up as my most authentic self as much as I can, and then I'm not responsible for someone else's opinion. But the last mm. thing I want wanted to say regarding just energies uh, and then we can move on to your question is that we have like chakras 
Have you heard of Chakra? Yes. So, yes. yes. Energy yes. centers. And so something, if anyone listening has like a, a sensation of discomfort or sickness in any area of the body, it's interesting mm. to connect to the chakra that is related to that. Like if it's in the heart, in the throat, mm. like for me, um, going through abandonment and like traumas in childhood, a lot of pain was mm. in the root chakra, which is safety, yeah. your place on earth. So it's very interesting to see how energy centers connect to your emotion and your traumas mm. and what you go through. Wow. Yeah. You know, when, when I discovered this whole world, you know, <laughs> of like chakras and Reiki yeah. and energy, it was new to me, but then it felt familiar. Mm-hmm. It felt like this actually makes sense totally to me. Totally makes sense. <laughs> you know, it, it makes sense. Like, I get it. I feel, I feel like with this type of, I would say, holistic way of living or holistic healing path um it allows you to really understand you the human totally mm-hmm. mm. simply because like as i i think i say this at almost every every episode coming from a christian background um you know it's like we put aside the human part mm. of you and it's just like um you 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 have to be this perfect being you know you have to look like this this holier than that person and the minute that you do something that's um air coding a sin mm-hmm. you know it's like it's over it's it's done yeah <laughs> it's a done deal and oh, i feel you have when... to pray to be forgiven because exactly you have, you have to pray <laughs> exactly wow. or it's like the catholic you have to go to the the priest and tell him your sins and all of that stuff but with this with with mindfulness, with this energy stuff, with understanding mm-hmm. your emotions, mm-hmm. understanding your chakras, understanding where your chakras are, you got to know, okay, this whole abandonment thing is because there was some, it, it was from the root. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. And for me, it was the same thing. It was my root. I yes. had issues in me my too. root chakra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, girl. <laughs> you know? Like, so I the, let's the, heal that so root chakra. <laughs> let's yeah. heal that root chakra. chakra yeah. Because that's, I feel that's also like the gateway to get totally. to the other chakras. Oof. Yes. Because when the when the root, as above, so like, below. Listen to the word. Yes. Mm. As above, so below. Right? Yes. I, yeah, I, I just really, I, I'm glad that I've taken this path of finding life um, on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, you're always grateful for the things that you've totally. learned. It's just, it makes the things that you've learned make more sense. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, it makes more sense. So let's talk about mindfulness right now. You practice Buddhism, right? And you said that you teach um, Buddhist mindfulness. Mindfulness, Yes. Why is it important to practice yeah. mindfulness? Because mindfulness is also like a word that we hear a lot. Jessica and I uh, just had a um, an episode on self-love and self-care. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. We hear self-love, self-care, self-love, self-care, mindfulness, meditation, da, 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 da. But what really is mindfulness yes. and why is it actually important? Mm-hmm. Totally. I think, you know, when you talked about religion, religion and Christianism, in Buddhism, what I love, it's really a life philosophy. And we acknowledge mm-hmm. that in every being, there is Buddha 
nature. Mm. The Buddha is just a name like enlightenment, liberation, freedom from suffering. And we all have the same ability to do that. So we're not looking at the Buddha like, oh, please help me be better, save me. We look at the Buddha, we listen to the teachings and we apply them, we practice them daily. Powerful. And so it's just like embodying our Buddha nature every day. Mm. And that's yes. a daily job and that's the most important job. So I've been on this spiritual journey for a very, very long time discovering like healers, therapies, religions, like different things. And this one sticked with me because I found it goes to the root of things. The root of things is that we spend our lives being absorbed in ourselves, in our own ignorance. Like how many times the day, like how many, how often are you aware that the body is moving, that the body is walking? Can you know mm -hmm. the thoughts that are crossing the mind? Can you see that the heart will cling to it? Can you see the emotions that will arise when you see something that will trigger you? Like how much mm -hmm. do we know ourselves? And so we think we know ourselves. Oh, I love Thai food. I I love this country. I love this color. Cool. These are preferences. But can you know when there is a thought that is arising in the mind, when it creates an emotion in the body? And can you know when this is gone because it is not sustainable? So mm. mindfulness is the first step to attain insight, vipassana, which is like wisdom within yourself. And mindfulness is just the practice and the ability to know what is going on mm. in body and mind, moment to moment. Powerful. And so through that process, what you learn, you learn three things. You learn that everything is impermanent. Mm. And it's not like, again, we hear, yeah, it's impermanent. The cars are moving. The weather is changing. People are changing. What is truly impermanent is moving your attention inward and looking at yourself when you are at the restaurant with people, looking at yourself speaking, looking at yourself thinking, feeling. This is where you learn that the thoughts are moving, the emotions are changing, and the best way to live your life like fully and wholly and um, and freely is to allow everything to move through you and kind of purify yourself. So mindfulness, as you are become aware of what's going on within body and mind, you kind of empty the bag of things that are just here stuck waiting to be seen and then you see them and they're out they're gone hmm. and so the second thing you see will be unsatisfactoriness like you can dream of a travel a place to visit a dream relationship a dream car once you have them the mind will want something else so there is this force of the mind right <laughs> to want something that we don't have and it's a cause of suffering the last mm, thing yes. we learn through being mindful of what body and mind are doing moment to moment is non-self. It's that, have you? are you the one who created the thought that just crossed your mind right now? Are you the one who called that emotion of suffering, of frustration? Were you the one who said, oh, now I'm going to feel frustrated. It's going to be fun. Mm. It's happening on its own. It's its own mechanism. When I took my first mindfulness class, I think three years ago, when I met my teacher, Jess Kaufman, I can send you the links if you want to learn with him. I couldn't sleep the whole night because I was obsessed with being in the present moment. So I was mm. forcing myself because, oh, you know, present moment is where magic happens, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to force myself to be here all the time. <laughs> be here now. Right? So, like, okay, be here now. Okay, but like, what do I do now? What's going on? The true 
present moment is like letting things arise within you naturally. Let the thoughts come, let the emotion arise. And once it's there, train yourself to know it's here. Train yourself Mm. to know where your attention goes throughout the day because I realized that today. I knew it before, but it was clear. Where your attention is, is where your reality is. Like for instance, if you are focused, if your attention is on eating, you forget that the body is breathing, right? So your reality is just eating. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you have pain in the body and the attention is only on the pain all day, then your reality is pain. Yes. Straight up. Right? And so the attention moves all over the body, all the time, body and mind, it goes. And so our job with mindfulness is to know, like create that stable, it's not creating it. It's like remembering that we are a stable observer and we can see where the attention goes moment to moment without forcing, without interfering, without changing. So powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. The stable observer. observer. I like that. Somebody. Samadhi. And this is a stable observer that sees like the thoughts passing like clouds. Like it's cliche, but it's Mm. true. It's this here and then it's not here. So if you want to start learning and practicing, pay attention to maybe the thoughts or the emotions. Choose an emotion that is visiting you often, like one that bothers you and try to get intimate with that Mm. more and more. Because How do you get intimate? uh So when it's here you let it arise you don't force it like you don't force anger to show up when anger is here you train yourself to be like okay anger is here and eventually you investigate a little bit true mindfulness is not investigating it's just knowing it's here but if you want to know it's anger you have to kind of See how it feels. So is it tension in the heart? Is it heat in the head? Is it like restlessness? And it's like, you know, you meet a stranger in the streets. You kind of, you'll be scared of the stranger because you don't know the person. But if you start learning like their name, what they do, if you grab a coffee with them, if you meet them often, you become intimate with the person. Yes. And so how about we do the same with our emotions so that when they come up, we know it's here and we know it's just passing. Hmm. But what about when we feel overwhelmed and we can't control? example when I feel anxious sometimes I really struggle with anxiety and anxious thoughts can Mm -hmm. rise up in the morning as I wake up you know Mm -hmm. and I'm feeling worried about how the day will go and will I uh, be um, efficient in my work will I be fired will I die tomorrow this kind of of thoughts even about my my health so if if i feel like i have a headache i'm feeling anxious maybe i will die tomorrow maybe i will die alone you know how do you manage this kind of thoughts i I notice them but how when i feel overwhelmed what can i do Mm -hmm. so you first pay attention that you're feeling that way you know you know right mindfulness is inner knowing Mm. and so i think what truly bothers you is not the sensation of worrying because do you know how it feels in the body when you're worried like did you get a sense of that because i can tell you if you start observing after a few minutes what's left is just in the mind in your thoughts there is nothing else in the emotion it's gone and Mm. what's left is something called vedana it's the liking or disliking of how you're feeling Mm. so What bothers you is not so much how you're feeling. It's that you don't like. And train yourself to to feel like, I feel that way. Uh, It's unpleasant. I don't want to feel that way. And so you start the process of resisting, changing how you feel, finding an escape, distracting yourself, or clinging to it the whole day, being stuck in it, thinking it's you. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sense if there is in your heart, like you like it or you don't like it. And then when you see that, you're like, this has nothing to do with me. Like I haven't done none of it. I haven't decided to feel that way. This is, this is not me. And this is not mm. you. This is not you. This is a phenomena, a fabrication of the mind and the body arising and falling down on its own. Wow. I have chills right now just saying that. So deep and powerful. <laughs> But it is something, you know, I can talk about it for hours. It is something that needs to be experienced in the heart. Like it needs to be practiced. You need to train the mind to see that. That's why we meditate every day. We practice in daily life. And that's what I teach as well. It's, it's really a philosophy, a practice of like a daily life every day. And when you train yourself to see that, I can tell you, you free yourself from that, truly. Mm. It doesn't stay that long. You don't cling to it. You just see it for what it is. You just see it for what it is. Okay, there is worry. What am I doing about it? Nothing. I just let it pass. I know it's here. I know I don't like it. Okay, that's it. I don't interfere. I don't try to change. I don't cling. I don't try to analyze. It's passing on its own. It's going. Think about it. Like you feel that way some mornings, but right now, is it here? No. No, it's not, right? So it's no. not here all the time. Sometimes it's yes. here, sometimes it's not. So another practice you can try is pay attention when it's not here mm. so that your heart starts to say, oh, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> I've been clinging to this thing that is already gone, that will come back, that will... like." Why does it matter how we feel? Because it's not staying. Hmm. I think we put um, something that I, I recently heard is, you know, our thoughts are, are, are going to happen. Um, our mind is going to go places, but it's our attachment, our emotional attachment to those thoughts, to the things in our mind that makes it seem like mm-hmm. it's like you, you, you can't. You can't break away from it. Yeah. Because know, it makes like, one. So... Like the mind is not trained to detach itself. That's why exactly. we train in mindfulness. When you have mindfulness, it's a moment process, momentary. It's like you either are the thoughts, you think you are the thoughts, or you are mindful of the thoughts. These are two moments, different moments. So imagine if you have more moments of mindfulness, you have less moments of thinking the thought is you. This is detachment. And so you have to train the mind to... Mm-hmm see things from a little bit further and then you start detaching mm. right but I, it. I, I, i it's not an easy work like it's a hard work it's a it's a, the work of a lifetime of lifetimes mm. so it's yeah. just a commitment to every day practicing a little bit more and paying a little bit more attention to to yourself starting to know yourself truly nurturing a practice mm. and being committed to that But we don't mm. want to do what's easy. We want to do what's right for ourselves. We want to be brave enough yes. to see the truth of what is going yes. on in this body and mind, right? And so mm. yes. it's not easy for sure, but it's so freeing. It's so worthy. It's To me, it's the, the ma- my main job. My full-time job is to work on myself on this. And mm. then I go about my day. <laughs> Where do you find inspiration? We are so grateful that you tune in into this episode today. Do not forget to subscribe to us, rate us, and share our content with a friend or two. Until our next amazing episode, stay blessed, stay Gucci, one love.